Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And welcome to She Loves the Grid, an odd Monday recording. <laughs> but it's a good thing we we didn't do it yesterday. <laughs> it is, because holy, what I have seen so many of us, like holy Crap on a cracker, I think, is what Penny says on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I think that's anyway, a good statement. <laughs> I'm Claire, and you are? I'm Diane. Diane, here we Welcome. go. So let's just get the niceties out of the way. How has been your week? It's so nice and sunny where you are, nice and dark where I am. I know. It is nice and sunny. It's, I don't even know what time it is here. Two-something. Two um, it was good. The week was good. Uh, my mom came into town. Uh, what else? I don't know. I feel like I've been doing stuff. Went to the game five of the National League Championship Series for baseball. I posted a fun little video because they started doing what I refer to as the O Fernando Alonso song. So everybody, I, it started playing the O Fernando Alonso, that one, right? And I look at my mom like, this is a Fernando Alonso song. Why are they singing this song here? It's just a song. Um, and the F1 fans, you know, say Fernando Alonso. So I was just singing my little heart out for Fernando. Um, but that was really fun. Had some obnoxious Phillies fans behind us, but that was good. And then um, obviously race all weekend, right? And uh, I think I went to the game on Saturday. So I missed kind of the last seven laps of the sprint race, but we can talk about that. It seemed kind of boring. And then what else? Oh, went was downtown today with my mom, went for a great lunch. So yeah, crazy. What about you? Spent work, uh, yeah, mainly work, and and then trying to get over this sore neck. So, like I was telling you earlier, I went to the doctor, get a little therapy. So, still just trying to recover from that. Watching my dog freak out a little bit about either a ghost or a neighbor. So, <laughs> <laughs> but what's weird is it could be a ghost. So I don't think we're the story right now. But I want to know the story about the potential ghost. <laughs> it's kind of freaking me out. But. <laughs> So, oh, we did. We did uh, sign a contract today to rent out our garage that we oh, will never. Good. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yay. Fun stuff That's there. Awesome. Good. I love that. Okay, so let's get started. We'll just warn you up front. It's going to be a long one. There's just yeah. so much. It's a sprint weekend anyway. It was a sprint weekend and there's just so much. Yeah. So much. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's start with the easy stuff. So <laughs> this weekend, Joining the 100 Club, 100 Grand Prix, we had Lando Norris and George Russell and actually Charles Leclerc. So Lando is the one that's blowing me away. He is only 23 years old. 23 years old. He's the same age as my daughter. And he has 100 Grand Prix in. George is 25. It's hard to believe that Lando is at 100 to be right there with George and Charles. That just, that just blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah, they all came in same time and same race. And but George is a couple years older, and I think uh, Charles might be the same as George. I don't know. But what I thought was interesting. So Lando, we'll talk about this when we get to the special lids and stuff. But he had special helmet. George was and Mercedes and obviously McLaren were putting all kinds of stuff out there about the hundredth race, hundredth race. <laughs> then Charles posts something. He's like, "Here's my special helmet. I forgot it. It's my hundredth race." So this football themed helmet doesn't really make any sense and i didn't see anything by ferrari at all this weekend so i kept thinking like is it his hundredth maybe he misspoke maybe no today the day after he's disqualified they're like oh 
this is kind of sad, but it was it was Charles' hundredth race yesterday. Like seriously, you people. He's twenty six. Okay, so twenty six. He yeah, just, so he just like, turned twenty six a couple weeks ago. Oh, oh, that no, just like last week, right? Yeah, he turned twenty six on the sixteenth. Yeah, just last yeah. week. Yeah, yeah, I totally forgot about that. So yeah, crazy Lando with twenty three and Ferrari for getting um, Charles one hundredth Grand Prix, which seems crazy. about par for the course for them. Yeah, well, um, yeah. <laughs> right? it, it's kind of odd though with them being his seemingly favorite driver, but then they forget that about him. Like yeah. I, they just can't make up their minds. I, I just feel like, do you like, is it a love hate relationship that you have with Charles? Like he's not, he was on pole <laughs> yesterday, but y'all didn't give him a great strategy. Like, he, he, I mean, it's, I don't know. I feel like they're breaking the board right down. <laughs> like, oh, the radio for those two. Oh my. Okay. Anyway. Uh, anyways. Okay. So last week we talked about Alpha Towery. Um, Andrea Stella came out and said like they, they already know their new identity for next year and they're going to move closer to Red Bull. So then it came out this week that, um, they're using the same colors, the Red Bull colors on their car. So that's going to be prominent. So I think that's kind of interesting. And it does have people guessing, like, are they going to be moving back to Toro Rosso, which is what I could not remember last, last week, but kind of having that sort of thing. So they are also establishing a hub in England, which I thought was interesting. So that way they're going to be linking up with Red Bull. So they're going to try... Wow. To work together, I suppose, as much in the rules as they can. Um, they do have that facility in Italy, but supposedly they're not laying anybody off. They're going to also keep that facility there, but they are establishing one in England. So they really are moving towards that sister team, that the Red Bull. They're really going to align with them as much as they possibly can. So I wonder how that impacts their spend. Like, does that is that going to impact their spend at all? having two facilities like that. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of interesting just from a research standpoint, because are you, I, I would feel like the rules would not allow for this. It's like, you know, are you going to use Red Bull's research? Are you going to use Red Bull's research from last year? So it doesn't really matter for this year. Like yeah. I have lots of questions about how that, that all works out. I really, yeah. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, I'm sure they'll, they'll be sharing even more stuff with us. Um, Alpine. Speaking of money, I sent you that. That was like, oh my gosh, the list of investors. Yeah. That was crazy. So we had, who was it? Ryan Reynolds. And there was another couple of actors or something earlier this year that invested. And then it came out. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Rory McIlroy, Trent Arnold, who's a football player, um, soccer um, Anthony Joshua, who's a boxer, and Juan Mata, who's also a soccer player, have all invested. All of them. And they have Rory was in um Austin, and so was Anthony Joshua. He was in the um Alpine garage and he was on the radio and he did a interview afterwards, and somebody asked him, like, did you guys all come in together? Like, did you guys kind of form a little group and then and decided he goes no we didn't he's like i didn't know who else was involved he's like i just was researching this kind of on my own and thought of it as an investment so i thought so too because patrick mahomes and travis kelsey like 
they are very close. Obviously, they play mm -hmm. on the Kansas City Chiefs. I've got great videos. We can share those next week. Um, I sh if I had been more ahead, I could have shared some videos and pictures I have with Travis Kelsey. But um, yeah, like I just I thought that was super interesting. So they're becoming a star studded team over there. Like that's interesting. Yeah. I, I like I how, how, do you, how do you do those sponsors? <laughs> So how do you get those sponsors on your car? <laughs> I know. I know. I don't know how that works. But I did decide. I will buy. I mean, I like Alpine, but I'll buy a hat or a shirt. So next year, if I go to Tahoe for the golf tournament, I'll be like, Travis, we do. Like, Patrick. <laughs> I will. Alpine. Alpine. <laughs> Viva Alpine. Um, yeah. So anyways, I thought that was kind of very, very interesting. When I woke up and saw that, I was like, oh, my gosh. Travis Kelsey's following me everywhere. Um, okay, so the FIA also announced this week that they are establishing a $1 million fine for drivers. <laughs> and the drivers have some thoughts. So <laughs> I like I like Lewis's thoughts. I mean, yeah. I, he, he, I like his. Like, if you're going to do it, then yeah, let's just put it to his charity. But like, yeah. like I used to pick the charity too and establish the charities up front. But yeah, I think that's, I think that's fine. Instead of just like, oh, let's just do it a fine and put some money in FIA's pocket. Yeah, exactly. So the, some of the other drivers were saying like, well, what would constitute a $1 million fine? Like, you know, touching a rear wing of somebody who had that, um, for $50,000, that was, you know, I think, was it Lewis or somebody got a fine last year for that. So it's like, what is a, what would constitute a million dollar fine? And then other drivers were saying like, there's only like three or four drivers on this grid who could afford to pay that. Like, so that too. what, like, what, what? <laughs> so the FIA, I don't know. I mean, they just seem to be very out of touch with, um, in a lot of ways, it seems to me. So yeah, I mean, what are they going to do if you get a driver like you said who doesn't even make enough to afford that? Right. Yeah, yeah but yeah, I know people the naysayers. Oh, well, it discourages from doing it. But doing yeah, what? okay. Like, you but still, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it happens. And then what are you supposed to do? I mean, can your team help pay for it? I'm like, what are you? What are you going to do? And I'm sure the team would not be happy because that's got to come out of a cost cap, I'm assuming, someplace. Um, True. But I, I just think, like, okay, what what would constitute this? Like, what is so horrible that you would fine a driver a million dollars? Like, a million dollars. And we all know, I think, that the FIA, their rules seem to, like, you know, apply to one situation, um, not to another. Like, <laughs> so... Uh, I have no idea. So we'll see how that continues to play out. I don't know. The drivers were not excited. Even Max, I think, was like, what in the world are you talking about? Um, tons of celebrities in the, although I don't think not as many as Miami, or at least they weren't showing as many. Um, Adam Driver and Michael Mann, they're, they're in the new Ferrari movie that's coming out at the end of the year. And they were in the Ferrari garage this weekend. Um, Prince Harry was there. I don't know. There's a lot of people there. Um, this I thought was also kind of interesting that Apple is submitting a $2 billion per year offer for the global streaming rights to formula one, $2 billion, 2 billion, like, holy moly. So 
I don't know what the process is. I don't know if they were opening it up for bids or they were just like, let's throw our hat in, hat in the ring. I, I don't know how that would work. I don't know how that would work with F1 TV. I mean, obviously Sky Sports has their license as well. Like, I don't know how that, that works, but I've got Apple, so <laughs> I feel like... But, you know, the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, was it last week or two weeks ago, we talked about how, like, the number of mentions and different things were going down in regards to F1 as far as, like, social media goes. And at some point, it does have to probably level out, you know, again. Like, yep. so, I mean, are you overbidding with a $2 million or $2 billion a year thing? If What if, you know, and then you have situations like this weekend where there's, so many people online saying, I'm done with the sport, you know, the sports crooked, blah, 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 where you continue to maybe lose viewers and fans. Like, are you over? Yeah, but that two billion, you wonder how much revenue is coming in, though. You'd have to go and look. I mean, even though it's coming down yeah. with the mentions, what are what is the revenue that comes in uh from the streams from FI F F1 TV and Sky Sports? And if they're able to take that over, would they take over? both F1 TV and Sky Sports and yeah. Yeah. You know, we could be making a lot off of that. I mean, true. That will, another one that will be like very interesting to see how, how that plays out. Um, okay. So special liveries and lids, we had three cars running special liveries this week and we do a one that was going to, and that was Red Bull. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting that Haas, cause last week I said, why would you have these special overalls and not have the car to go with it. Could you imagine a car? And then I wake up on Monday or Tuesday morning and Haas is like, here you go. Here's the car that got this. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Um, but it's very similar. So when Red Bull did their re reveal, they brought it in on a helicopter, like flew it across Austin and brought it in on a helicopter. And I was like, I think when I posted it, I really wanted to say, like, doesn't this look like the Haas car? Actually, I think the Haas car looks a little better with the Stars and Stripes. And then at, at the end of the week, Williams came out with their Stars and Stripes vehicle. Didn't even know that was happening. So we had three liveries with Stars and Stripes. And I think my post was, if you're not running Stars and Stripes on your livery, are you even in Austin? Because everybody had the same theme. So... That was kind of funny, but there were so many cool helmets. Oh my gosh. And I think if you're on our YouTube, you can see them. Um, so Charles on the, uh, well, my right, but um, he had a football themed helmet, which perfect for Sunday in October, <laughs> like football season. Um, again, he forgot it was his 100th. So there you have it. <laughs> That's his special helmet. Pierre, I did not know this was coming. So Pierre's helmet was a um, tribute to Francois Servais, who was a French driver. He drove on the same team as Sir Jackie Stewart. So if you're, again, you're on our YouTube, you can see him. He was showing um, the helmet to Sir Jackie in Austin. Not only were they teammates, Sir Jackie and Francois, but they were really, really, really close, like very close. And Francois died at the USGP 50 years ago, I think it was. So, you know, being French and, and everything else, I thought this was a really great nod um, to that driver. And I think it was really special for Sir Jackie to see it. And again, this came out a while ago, but if you did not watch the Jackie Stewart documentary, please go watch it. There's a, Francois is all over it. And so to get a better idea of that, 
friendship, um, that relationship. Oh gosh. I was like crying during that part of the documentary, but um, it's also why Jackie Stewart really was an advocate for, I think we talked about this at the time, but an advocate for safety in Formula One. So just a super special tribute. Joe's helmet. I absolutely love this. So cool. Isn't it amazing? It looks like leather. It looks like it's hand stitched. Like the whole thing was like, what? Like Joe is such a master. I love his drip. And this was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. I love it. Um, and then Lando's helmet. I literally bought the one, I think it's one five version of this helmet. So it's going to be tiny, but I loved what he did to celebrate his 100th Grand Prix. So each sticker is a race and each sticker has a meaning. And when I was looking at it, I was kind of like, oh my gosh, I need this. Like so many special things. If you know his little uh, radio message from a few years ago where he's like, it's Friday, then it's Saturday, Sunday, what? So he's got for that race, there's a little calendar that says Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it's a little like, it's just so, so cute. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. The basketball helmet, I think is up there on the top. That was a really great um, helmet that he wore one year. He's got trophies for the ones where he's been on the podium. Like just amazing. I, I've always wanted to get some of these helmets because I think they're really cool. Like if Joe had one and it was a mini, I would buy it. But the, the one to two are usually like 250 bucks. I'm not spending that. Mine was like 49. So I'm super excited <laughs> that he got second. I was hoping he was going to win because that'd be amazing. But especially since he got second, I was like, I'm so happy I did that. Absolutely love it. And then who else did we have? Oh, the Haas guys had the These were amazing. I have to admit the first one, the, the Haas came by. And I was like, is the top of that helmet dirty? Oh, <laughs> it's a Route 66. Isn't that fun, though? It is so fun, especially having lived off of Route 66, you know, and been mm -hmm. on it right now. It's like, that is so cool. I love that. I think it's such a great nod to, like, the U.S., an iconic thing in the U.S., and then the other one is just perfect for the car, the the overalls, everything, the red, white, and blue, the stars and stripes, like amazing. I love that they went all out. This, I love this that they're, they're kind of coordinated, but so they're so unique at the same time. Yeah, you know? I agree. I think I like that's that. amazing. And then Carlos had his special helmet too. So also red, white, and blue. I can't remember what it said on top. It said something. Um. Anyways. I love it. I love a special helmet. I love a special livery. So I love that they all brought it. Again, they I think they really love Austin. They just have a great time. So they they go all out, which I love. All right, let's jump into the weekend. So sprint weekend. Oh practice my Friday, one practice. That's it. I don't have any notes from practice. I watched it, but don't it, have it, it wasn't, you know, it was just it wasn't much, you know. And yeah. it was really interesting. The one thing that I, the commentators were saying later, I think it was during the race on Sunday, it was even that, you know, you all the data came from the sprint race on Sunday, on Saturday, rather. That's where their data comes from. Like, And, yeah. and that's, yeah. That's kind of crazy because, I mean, that's, I mean, the afternoon before. But, I mean, after FP1, you can't touch those. Well, you can touch the cards if you want to, you know, be starting in the pit like two teams did. But, 
it's your cars in park for me. You can't, you can't do anything to them. So yeah, not much happening there, but qualifying, um, kind of interesting. I thought for sure track limits might be an issue because it seemed like during practice, <laughs> there were a few, a few areas where they were kind of going off. There were some track limits, I think that happened, but just didn't get. Yeah. Maybe not. Done. I was shocked the last one did. I was shocked. But <laughs> yeah. Should have been taken out in Q2. There should have been yeah. another one in Q2, but there, that one's all over the internet. That There's one in Q2 that was missed. Oh, I don't think. But, you know, my special person. <laughs> well, they did supposedly after quality, like kind of widen that white line. That That's what I've been seeing, that they widened the white line um, because, you know, how people are. Like they were saying Max was complaining, but a lot of drivers were going out there be, saying they couldn't see that line. Because, again, sitting low, you don't always see the line. Um, but it did get wider in that area. So that was interesting. Um the track evolution was crazy, like throughout the whole of qualifying. But like in Q1, it just seemed to like ramp up really quickly. I don't think anything like super, super major. So like out in Q1 was Sergeant Hulkenberg, Alonzo, Stroll, and Albon. And you, <laughs> when, Stro when um, not Stroll, when Alonzo went out. Ooh. He was out by... I 0.055. Yeah. So it's like, it just, I, I was floored. I was absolutely floored. And then, again, that's that whole thing of just why, why do we wait? Why do we wait? Yeah. Was it because he waited? I don't think he waited. It wasn't necessarily because of that, but yeah. they also just cause a car, they, they, the stuff they were doing to the car and everything was not helpful, but yeah. Now they, they did not have that set up. Right. Um, he also, I if I remember correctly, he was our only driver who had been into Q3 in every qualifying until yeah. Austin. So until now Austin. there's not one driver has been in Q3 every single um, race weekend. That he was the last one and he dropped. Um, in Q2, though, that's where I feel like I was really seeing Mercedes speed. Like they yeah. were definitely looking for sure. I was like, Ooh, they did have some, some upgrades and we'll talk about those in a little bit, but they did have some upgrades. Um, and I think it, I think it was showing, but I, oh, had to, yeah. that I was spazzing about everybody hanging out in the pits. That was the one. Everybody's in the pits track evolution, the whole nine yards, they all wanted to wait and be the last car across the line. <laughs> and, then, and then what, and then what happens? Then, then Daniel, then he gets like, you, cause that's where you get, you get that last, you do that and you get one out there or two, and then your best one gets your, your lap time deleted because. Yep. yep. And then, and then, and then you've got no other chance. Yep, exactly. And that's what happened to Daniel. His lap time was deleted. So it was him. Daniel Botas Yuki was out by two one hundredths of a second. Joe and Magnuson were all out in in Q two. So like, uh, so there were only five teams in Q three. To me, it's like okay, half the fields out and half half the fields in. Like both drivers for Ferrari, Red Bull, Alpine, McLaren, and um, wait, four teams. Two, four, six, eight. Who am I missing? Ten. 
Listen, Alpine, McLaren, Al oh, you said Alpine again. I said it twice. Oh. Ferrari, Rebel, Alpine, McLaren. Oh, uh, Mercedes. Mercedes, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah, both drivers for those five teams were, were in the top 10. Russell had his first lap <laughs> deleted for track limits. I was like, oh, boy. It was one of those weekends, I feel like, for George, where he's either way on it or he's just – like not having a great weekend from the get-go. And I feel like this is where it started for him on Friday. Yeah, it's, yeah. As soon as he's off, it's just, yeah, it's dude, like, it's not going to, it's not going to be a thing for him. Yeah. I totally agree. And it just continues like the whole, the whole weekend. So for Stappen was in first and he actually had his lap time deleted. So it dropped him to sixth place. And and I love Carlson's message <laughs> engineer on that one. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I was cracking up on that one because it's like, I forget the actual wording. It's like lap time deleted, da da da, for step. And he's like, for F's sake, say the name first. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, you gave me a heart attack. Like, while I was sitting, like, he was yelling at Javi, like, come on, Javi, like, pull it together. I would think the same thing. Like, my lap time was just deleted, but I love it. For F's sake, like just say the name first. Later on, he said, like, he had hit the steering wheel, he hit his helmet because he thought it was him. He thought he was out. And then Javi, like, his response was like, Sorry, Max Verstappen, lap time deleted. Lap time deleted, Verstappen. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Let's it's the longest second or two of your life. Uh, at least it must have felt like an eternity and then of course everybody was picking up on that radio message so my mom's here and she comes out and she goes did Leclerc have a heart attack or something during and I said what and she's like MSN says that Leclerc had a heart attack during qualifying and I'm like oh my god the clickbait is ridiculous I'm like no here's what happened <laughs> I tell him what happened and he said Javi like for Epson, you know, I nearly had a heart attack. Like, no, he did not have a heart attack during qualifying. Just internally, just internally, because oh once again, his, his engineer is ridiculous. So, yeah, insane, absolutely insane. Um, we did have also F1 Academy. So, I don't know if we want to just scoot through all of that before we move on to Saturday. I think a quickie, yeah. We're we're only twenty six minutes in. We're doing pretty good. Okay, we're doing, pretty we're doing good. all right. Um, okay, so F1 Academy was this weekend. Oh my gosh, it was amazing to watch. I was so excited to spend Friday, Saturday, like um, even Sunday morning, watching them practice. They're qualifying the races. Like it was so awesome. They did also announce their twenty twenty four schedule, and so they have seven races across three continents. They're going to be in Saudi Arabia, Miami, Spain, Netherlands, Singapore, Qatar, and Abu Dhabi next year, all on the same weekend billing as F1. So we will be able to watch them moving forward. So, so, so exciting. I cannot wait. Um, Bianca Bustamante, last week we were talking about how each of the um, F1 teams will get to nominate a driver and they will run that team's livery and everything else next year um, during F1 Academy. Bianca Bustamante was the only one that was announced and she will be driving for McLaren 
next year, which I love. I think she is adorable. I think she is a good driver. She was on the podium a lot this year with F1 Academy. So I think that's going to be really fun. Um, for Quali One, that was only 15 minutes. And Marta Garcia, she got pole. And then for race two was Hamda. Um, so they reversed those. And then for Quali Two, just Edgar got pole, like, at the very last second by a half at the, of a tenth of a second. So it was crazy, like absolutely insane. But that kind of excitement, I think is cool. That's what, you know, F1 Academy is going to bring. It's not one, you know, person yeah. that's always winning. Um, I thought it was great. The drivers were out there quite a bit. So on Saturday, Esteban was the one that gave um, the tires. You know how they do that after the F1 races, oh. if you went quali. Um, he was there and giving them the tires. So I loved, absolutely loved that. Race one was Marta Garcia. She won it. Um, she was followed by Abby Pulling and then Lena Bueller. And that gave her enough points. She is the very first F1 Academy driver champion. And actually the team that she is on, Prema, it won the constructor. So that happened on Sunday. That, that took a little bit longer, but um yeah, so they they had the championship. I mean, it's like Red Bull. Um, they had the championship <laughs> driver, and they had they won the constructor. So George was there. Um, he was handing out the trophies. Lewis was there. Um, he's watching on the pit wall and congratulating everybody. I think it's really cool that Mercedes was out there. Carlos was there because Marta Garcia is also Spanish, and so he was there. And they took pictures, you know, with the flag. Really awesome. Um, Race two was won by Hamda and race three was won by Jeff Edgar. So um, really great weekend. I'm jealous of everybody that was there to see it, but we'll get to see him seven next times. Year. Now we know that someone we're picking our races to go to next year. We need to pick at least one that has enough one Academy at it. Yes. Yes, we do. They'll be in Spain again. Just saying. <laughs> That's, I don't know. We need to go to a couple. So we've got to get this figured out. We've got to figure out our races. Yes, okay. Yeah. So back to F1, the sprint shootout on Saturday. So SQ1 hard tires, right? I'm telling you, the shootouts go so fast. They do. Like, you just like blink and it's. It was ridiculous. So Ferrari was actually looking pretty good. I loved again, Charles and his radios. Um, he was driving and he's like, um, Russell impeded him and Charles says penalty for Mr. Russell. Thank you. <laughs> like just very calm on the radio. And actually Russell did get a penalty for that. He was charged with impeding. So he had a three um, grid drop for the sprint race later the in the afternoon. Um, Press was noted for not meeting the Delta time. So he wasn't fast enough, but I never heard anything about that. So it must not have really been a thing, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, but out in SQ1 was um, K-Mag, Yuki, Botas, Sargent, and Hulkenberg. Daniel was literally the last car across, and he jumped to 15th. <laughs> like, shoop, <laughs> right up there. That was pretty pretty amazing. I, I had high hopes for Daniel this weekend. Um, in SQ2, they have to run the mediums. So Max had a bit of an incident um, at turn nine. Incident? Incident <laughs> again, another Charles. Let's we should just call this episode like Charles quotes, <laughs> like <laughs> Charlesisms. Um, so he did a full, like, I think it was turn nine. He 
he like kind of went off the track. And I think, who was it? Oscar did it either during practice or earlier. He kind of hit the dirt. He does a full 360 and ends up back on the track and just keeps going. This is Max for you. Like it's he's yeah. either the luckiest person in the world or like he is just that good that he can keep it out of a wall and turn himself around and continue on his merry way. Like, <laughs> like how does that happen? I mean, it's a full 360. There he goes. Maybe that's what screwed up his brakes that he complained about all, all the entire next day. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know if you should be slamming on. I don't know if he did slam on the brakes. I don't know. I don't. I would freak out in the middle of a turn like that. And I, <laughs> I don't know what I'd be doing. He probably was, for the most part, cool as a cucumber. Um, Daniel, this is where I was especially thinking of you because he had no times on the board until the very last lap. Yep. Very last lap. And then, yeah. of course, Strollhut is his mechanical issue. They, they pulled him in. They called him in and it's like, you have to come in. And, and it was interesting. They were talking to him. They was like, they basically were telling him to be careful on his brakes. Don't, you know, to be easy on him, let him cool. But he had to come in. And then yeah. the next thing he showed was, you know, the F1 you know, TVs in the pits down there, look at him. They had the wheel off, the tire off, the side off. And they were just pulling everything out from inside the, the wheel casing itself. So it's like, there's something going on inside there. Was that during practice though? Because I know they called him in during practice. I kind of was during practice. But then they kept having problems. Oh, that's right. And then he had problems in quality too. I'm getting the two mixed yeah. up. I get for being sick over the weekend. My brain is still mush. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so hard to because I kind of had forgotten about that. But then, yeah, then during SP two, oh, like, right? So then he still had problems with it. Oh, I yeah, about that. Oh, it my seemed God. weird, like all of a sudden. So I've heard different things where like it could have been a brake by wire issue, and then. Then his front brakes locked up, but then I heard like, no, one of the tires locked up and then it just kind of locked up everything, but it messed up his lap, like whatever it was. It like, wonder, especially if it's that front, because that's what they were working on. They were working on the front left. They were working on the it's, front left is where they were inside of. So you just wonder, could they not get it, get it right? Yeah, no, that could very well be it. I mean, that well, we, yeah, they had some issues. So, but Ricardo was out. So not great waiting until that last lap to try to get your lap and not a good way to show in your first race back you know he's come in he's like does a race you know breaks his hand and then he's out and he comes back and yeah he said he was he was struggling what did he say i don't remember exactly what it was but he was kind of struggling with trying to feel comfortable in the car because it's been you know it's been a minute he wasn't even well he was on simulators i think the last few weeks testing to see if his hand could handle it but yeah, I I was like, hmm, how does <laughs> how did this work out? But yeah, so Stroll, Alonzo was out again, Ocon, Ricardo, and Joe. And then SQ3, again, these are much shorter session times with two minutes and 30 seconds left. Nobody had a time on the board. I, and I remember that. Right? And I texted you and I was like, is it just me or is nobody has a time? And you're like, yeah, let me check. I, 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 I just... I would have, this is one of those things I was like, I was hoping for someone to wreck out. So it just had to end the way it ended. Because then yeah. what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Right. <laughs> a red card, a red card, a red flag, it's over. 
it is over. I mean, it's, oh, it's just. Mm. It was it was crazy. It was really crazy. They have to use the softs in, in that sprint um, qualifying, but um, a tenth of a second. They It separated either the top three or the top four, but there were four They're different teams, four. right? I mean, a tenth of a second, that's pretty awesome. Like, I'll take it. <laughs> that is close enough, but Max was on pole for that. And then for the sprint, like, I don't know, I was getting ready to go to a baseball game. Um, I was watching, but it it, it it was kind of boring. I'm not going to lie. I thought the sprint was just kind of, bleh, all right. And I left with five laps left and max one. And I was like, that figures. <laughs> that figures. All righty. I think the most exciting thing I saw after the facts was Shikari Richardson handed out the, the medals for the sprint top three. And I love her. She's one of my favorite um, sprint runners for United States. I think she's amazing. She's got an amazing story. So, yeah, that was what I found was the most exciting thing about the sprint. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> That's my overall feeling on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Race time. Okay. I don't even know where to begin with the race. Oh but my God. Let's just there. talk about the aftermath of everything. Yeah. So I'm again, we're recording on Monday, which is not what we normally do. We normally record within an hour or two of the race. And yeah. because I wasn't feeling well and it was so late here in Berlin, we delayed until Monday and thank goodness. Cause the whole race changed. <laughs> yeah. Two DQs, two disqualifies, like which I, I've never ever seen that happen. I mean, I I think it happened in the maybe two thousand and five or the night. I don't know, but it got overturned. They appealed it and it got overturned. Michael Schumacher had also had that happen back in the day, but for all of us that are you know within the last few years new to F one, never even knew this was a thing because I don't read the F one or FIA rules because they change a lot and also i have other things to read <laughs> that aren't that boring but it was like what oh my goodness absolutely and i you are asleep by that point so as stuff starts coming out i'm like what what is happening i felt like i was on my phone all day all night last night like just crazy That's crazy it was crazy. So after the podium ceremony, I don't even know how long after, um, an announcement came out that both Lewis and Charles cars had a technical infringement showing excessive wear on the plank. Um, and so what the um, steward or whoever looks at that said, we're going to forward that on. We're going to pass this, this on. Supposedly, they looked at four cars. And this apparently... I've heard different things. I've heard they looked at four cars, then somebody else was like, they looked at 10. But I think the one source that said four to me is a little bit more credible. So they did pull the top three. So Max, Lando, and Lewis, and then Charles was the fourth car to get picked. So of those four, 50% of them failed. Both Charles and um, Lewis had shown a lot of wear. And apparently in Charles' case, it was like millimeters. It was off by millimeters, but there's both a safety and a performance issue with this. So, you know, safety is always number one, but performance wise, the lower you are to the ground, the faster you can be. 
So you, it's not really fair to have that, you know, to be that low. Um, I think that, I guess it was like three hours after the race is when they finally made the announcement that yes, Charles and Lewis were both disqualified. So that moved Lando up to P2. Carlos came to P3. This is actually Carlos's third time he's been on the podium. Um, because, and it was announced like after the race, like hours after the race. So his very first podium was like that. It happened again a few years ago and it happened again today or yesterday. Um, Logan, so getting rid of those two out of the top 10, Logan actually moved into the points. So he actually got his points and we'll talk about that in a second. What I thought was really interesting is late last night, or I mean, it was kind of later my time, but the sporting director for Ferrari came out and did a video. And I really appreciated that they did that. And he was talking about, you know, yes, these are the rules and we have to abide by the rules. So they weren't really making excuses, but he's, you know, kind of gave some ideas like how this would happen, why it would happen. So first he mentioned it's sprint weekend. We only have FP1 to, you know, get data, to look at the car, make sure everything's okay. Then it's in park for me. And you really should not be touching that car, especially with Charles on pole. Carlos, I think, was starting in fourth or fifth. You don't want your drivers that are at the front to start from the pits or the back. Like, no, you're not going to do that. So you're not touching your car. So that's that was one thing. There's one session. He said during that session, they did raise the car a little bit because they if I was telling my mom during practice and even during qualifying, watch their heads. It looked like last year, there was so much porpoising and Charles and Carlos and Lewis and, you know, some of the other drivers were really bouncing. They commented, they commented during practice that it was bouncing a lot. Yes. Yes, exactly. And um, so we were talking about that. I said, I mean, I know this is a bumpy track, but oh my goodness, this, this looks like the beginning of last year, <laughs> like where every car was just porpoising nonstop. That is another um, issue with this track is it is bumpy. It's very bumpy. And so if you are hitting that, it is going to start to wear away a little bit. So they had raised it. Um, the sporting director for Ferrari said, in hindsight, should we have raised it more? Yeah, in hindsight, we probably should have. But the higher you raise it, you lose performance. So they didn't want to go too high, but they clearly didn't go probably a millimeter. <laughs> they probably could have gone a millimeter higher and been okay. He also mentioned the weather. So it got very windy on Sunday, especially. And they were talking about how, you know, I don't know about the other teams, but their forecast, they weren't really expecting that. And I think if you were watching the race, you did hear different drivers talking about losing control. They were starting to think like it's our tires, it's whatever. And in a couple of those cases, the engineer would come back and say, I think you're hitting wind. Like there's there's wind and it's really strong in that area. So that was another reason that it could have affected that bottom plate. So very interesting. Here's some interesting stuff. I Because you know me, I'm going to Google while we're talking. Yes. Um, other disqualifications. I'm going to find this is a list I found on Reddit. Um, and this is disqualifications over the last, I said 10 years, but this post was from two years ago. So it doesn't have the last two years in it. Um, so, uh, Japanese, the 2019 Japanese Grand Prix, both Renault drivers were disqualified from race results for using special electronic features to change the brake balance of their cars. Oh yeah. That seems not good. 
Now I'm not going to talk. I'm going to skip anything that was from qualified disqualified from qualifying results, just from race results. Okay. Yeah. So those are qualifying results. Another one, Ocon, when he was with Force India, was disqualified from race results. This was in the USGP 2018 for exceeding the allowed limit for fuel flow in the 100 kilogram per hour. Mm-hmm. And Magnussen with Haas disqualified from race results for exceeding the maximum total fuel and then 100. 105 kilograms. So, so that's so that happened fuel. to Seb. That was actually one of Carlos's podiums that he got after the fact because Seb in the last, um, I don't think it was last year. It might've been the year before that um, because he did not have enough fuel in the car, gone through the whole race, got a podium and then they pull and he just, he did not have enough fuel in the car and he was disqualified. That was another one of um, Carlos's podiums. So yeah, that's there cool. you, you do have these things because you can't, check these things until after a race is over and then they pull a certain number of cars and they test like there's a floor there's an illegal floor was um Rome Romain Grosjean with Haas was disqualified with race results for using an illegal floor yeah that was 2018 it definitely yeah I mean it, it happens and I think both Mercedes I'm sure Lewis and Charles are just like WTF, but the teams, I think both teams said they weren't going to appeal it. It, it is what it is. Like it happened. It wasn't intentional. I don't think in either one of them, it sucks, especially for Lewis because he had such a great drive, but you have to play by the rules. Like if it was a Red Bull, if it was even, you know, McLaren, like, and we found out like you, you have to, it sucks. Like I do remember when Seb thought, got his disqualification because not enough fuel they couldn't there wasn't enough in there to test it and it's just like it does stink but it's, it's comforting though that they pulled the top three and so we know that the other two that were on podium were good right yeah. so that that's at least comforting and it's just not because then you get all these conspiracy theories out oh, oh well they pulled right Lewis but they didn't pull Max, and they didn't pull Norris, so what yeah. we don't know. So at least yeah. we know theirs were good, you yes. know. Yes, and I think that there, there's already a lot of that out there. There's a whole lot of that, and those la- Max and Lewis fans, like they're terrible. But you know, it's already like, well, all you Max Lewis fans, he's a cheater now too, and it's like, no, he, Lewis is not a cheater. The teams are under gutted. Like they don't have the time I get, I don't know what it is. Like, I, even if you knew, like, would you take the chance of pulling Charles off a pole to change something in the car, like to change it? I don't know. I don't know if you would or wouldn't, but I do like that. They, at least, I wonder if they always check the top three because in football, they, they will drug test people. Like the winning team, somebody has an amazing game. Guess what? You could probably count on being, pulled for a drug test um, on Monday or Tuesday. Like, just be prepared for it. A lot of players have said that. Another thing to check with the with all the rules things, we're going to check in one of our off-season episodes or in-between episodes. Yeah. You know, if, we decide to, if we decide to do some stuff over the holidays when there's nothing going on, that'd be some good rules thing to check into. Yeah. All right. It, it could be. All right. Let's talk about some of the teams, some very cool stuff. So, um, for Williams, Lo, or Alex. Yeah. Well, Williams, I mean, first sergeant, he got points. So that was awesome. It is. He's the first American points scorer since 1993. Like, 
Good for him. Like he actually did a good job. I will say he was keeping pace with Alex. He was usually like, there was like Alex, then somebody else, then Logan. And I mean, he did good to get himself up into 12th. Now, yes, there were some, some people that retired <laughs> from the race, but still like he got himself up into 12th and 12, which is really good considering how low he's been. So that's awesome. And that puts Williams, that puts Williams at 26 points and 10 points above Alfa Romeo. Yeah. Um, Cause Alfa Romeo is at 16, Haas is at 12 and Alfa Tari at 10. So 26 points, but there's no way they're going to couch Alpine cause they're at, at a hundred, but yeah, no, that's, that's good. That's great. And I think, you know, I know with the four that started, so what did he started 16th or 17th or something? Um, he still made up places and he was having a good drive and Williams got double points, which they need all of those points. Cause that is millions of dollars at the end of the season. So I was super, super happy with him. I, I, Cannot believe it. Um, no Alex is a zero point driver because it just leaves Nick and Dan. Well, no, Nick won't get a point, and then you have Danny. Danny's at zero, yeah. so now yeah. he may Logan be has a point. Yay, he's on the board. <laughs> Yay, I love that. So, Alpha Tauri, that was kind of one of my things. So, before we talk about Daniel here a little bit, so Yuki finished in the points, he finished initially 10th, then he got bumped up to eighth after everything. And on the last lap, he got the fastest lap. Ah! I love that he went in the pit and got soft just so we could go out there yeah. and just hit it. And, and, and he said, Max didn't. I, well, I don't think Max had it. I think Daniel had no. it before Yuki did. Oh, Max had it? No, 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 no. Oh, no, Max okay. Yeah, no, I thought Daniel had it, so Yuki took it away. But what I thought was interesting is Yuki said after the race, he didn't know why they were telling him to come into the pits. He did it. I'm sure he was asking, you know, like Yuki does on the radio, ask, asking, um, air quotes, <laughs> why. And then when he got into the pits, they finally told him, he was like, oh, okay. And he went for it. He went for it. So yay, Yuki. He thought he had two points. He, he had more than that once he got bumped up. But thoughts on Daniel this weekend. So he did say after the race that he had some damage to his car. So not really the best representation. But what are your thoughts of his first weekend back in Austin? On the, I guess on the track, I would say. I don't know. I mean, it, he could say that, that he had damage to his car, what, the whole weekend or the race? Because he, he didn't do that well in, this, in the sprint either, you know? I, mean, I, was, I was trying to think where, because I think he finished ahead of Yuki on Saturday in both things, but he was behind Yuki in qualifying Friday and then obviously finished behind Yuki um, yesterday. I mean, he did get ahead of him, true. He's 12th and Yuki was 14th, but I don't know. He just... Not as not as good as I would expect him to, you know. Yeah. I, I guess is what I'm getting at. Like he yeah. just, and again, he's he's like I, I've got to go back. Like I didn't realize um, that he didn't get as much time, and it makes sense. He was only doing simulators, so yeah. Well, to give, give him give him some. I know. I just I think part of it's the hype. You know, there's just so much hype, and especially when you see all these things about Danny yeah. being placed so close to Max and. People speculating that Danny's going to take, Sir, you know, Checo's chair and and yeah. all of that. So it's that kind of or see, uh, it's that kind of stuff that makes me just a little if he's like, don't hype him so much. I mean, he's a great personality, he's a great guy, and all that. Yeah. But like when I, we start losing the humbleness, is when it starts 
eating at me just a little bit, you know? I think that's, yeah. I I don't think the, like losing the humbleness is coming from Daniel because I think he plays it it down, but Red Bull and everybody else, and maybe not even so much Red Bull, but everybody else putting him in Checo's seat is like, uh, yeah. And I just feel like for Daniel, like he sat out most of the year, then he was in, like you said, then he was out and now he's got it. So he's been, I don't think he's had a chance to really get the feel for that car and really be comfortable. No, I, think, I think it might be a little bit easier if it could have just like, I don't know, it's, 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 I'm torn. Like, as I was about to say it all, like I pulled it back. It's like, part of me is like, oh, if he could come out and even say, hey guys, you know, I don't expect a lot. Like just be yeah. that like outwardly, like over humble, if you will, if that's even a thing. It's like, don't expect a lot. I have, I am one rusty and two, but then people are like, oh, you're making excuses. Rah, rah, rah. You know, <laughs> there's like the whole, then why are they picking you? Why they kick out Nick, you know, and all yeah. this back and forth, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think it's one of those that, you know, you, I don't think, I don't think this is one going to get us on the bad work filters. You're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. So yeah. it's a catch 22 for him. So I don't, I don't think it was awful. I just, to me, he's such a talented driver. I just almost expected more. Um, I get it. I get it. I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting from him, honestly, this weekend. Because I, I was just like to see him as low as he was. That's what that's yeah. why I was like, Ugh. I was just there was a level of disappointment because I was expecting more. Yeah. Um, I, I'm just I'm glad he's back out. So let's just see how he finishes out the year because there's not much left to, to nope. kind of show what he can do. Yep, it's gonna it's gonna come up quick, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Maybe Mexico. I, who knows. Um, I, mean, I adore him. him. I absolutely adore him. <laughs> I love him too. He's so much fun, and I think he had a great time in Austin. And yeah, he he was. He will get there. That's the thing is, he will get there. He's had such a weird season. It's just. So and you're hard. right. He was the fastest before Yuki. But you want to talk about Yuki blowing him away? Danny got the fastest lap with a one for prior to him with a one three nine. Point three three six six at one hundred and ninety nine point seven three uh, uh, average speed. Yuki got a one three eight point one three nine one point two seconds faster. Yeah, with an average two oh two. Yeah, but tires. So was yeah. Daniel on the tires? Oh yeah, totally tires. But he's just talking about going out there and pushing it hard and blowing it away. He blew it away. (laughs) I love it. Go take that point. Again, every point counts because that is millions of dollars. Like And Danny Danny had that at at lap 49. So he held it until the last lap. Yeah, it was. I kept watching and I kept thinking like, that's so interesting. That I mean, obviously Max with his brake issues and, you know, at the front, you well, don't want to take, take that chance, but. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. I love it. I love it. I love, I love Alpertari. Go get your points, go get the money. I would love to see these teams at the bottom doing that every race, like throw on a pair of soft boots and get out there and go, get, go, go for that fastest lap. Because that point is moolah. I love it. Um, Well, another kind of disappointing race for Ocon. (laughs) Seriously. I can't. All in the news is like, oh, this is his sixth, you know, did not finish. But according to all the stats, this is his seventh did did not finish. So it's it's 
not it's not been good for him. And then he it, his he ended up taking out Oscar. No, yeah. Oscar. Yeah, he ended up taking out. I think so. When I first saw, it, I was like, like, I was like, I so I tried to watch the onboards like. They had Ocon's on board and then Oscars, and I kept going back and I just kept watching it, watching it, watching it. I initially thought it was Oscar that went into um, Ocon. Everybody online seems to think that Ocon, you know, Oscar was on the driving line and Ocon went into him. But I think that if you look at the steering wheel, it looks like Ocon was trying to get go this way. So I don't know who hit who. But for Ocon, he had a nice gash in his side pod. And then for um, Oscar, there was a leak, I think a water leak or something that he ended up having to um, retire his car. So, yeah, poor. I, I just think like, Ocon, even if it was his fault, like, geez, Louise, that guy has had a season and a half. Um, Ferrari, though, was stressing me out because on that first lap, like, first of all, love Carlos jumping up into like third or fourth or wherever he ended up. I was like, this is amazing. Good job. Um, uh -huh. He really went for it up there, but they started fighting each other on the first lap. And I was like, do not, I can't, I cannot handle it. I can't handle it at all. Like not at all. But then they got picked off by Mercedes, by Red Bull. Like neither one of them, could like defend those those cards. It was just like okay. <laughs> no, and, and then the, the end fighting between the two of them, especially when Carlos went by, or I think they and then they told Charles to let Carlos go by. And oh, like, towards the end, yes, yes. Why? Like, yeah. Well, he <laughs> did it. He did it, and I. You never know, like how quickly do you know the radios? Like, do we hear them? So yeah, it was lap fifty-one, I think, and so. But Carlos was, he, there was some space between him and Charles. Cause I said to my mom, cause she's like, why are they telling Charles to move over? And I said, well, they, Carlos must be faster. And we looked at the screen and Carlos was ahead. And I said, do you see the difference? Like he just went past. And so Carlos is definitely the faster car. Then, like you said, Charles did come on and was like, but why did I have to do that? And he's like, we'll have to discuss that after the race. Like that's like, <laughs> like after the race. I'm like, oh my, my, yeah. my. <laughs> I think Charles, but they had him on a one stop strategy at that point, and it wasn't that wasn't great at all. Like I don't know what happened with Charles' strategy. I really like don't. Every, but... every team that said they were going to do or looked like they were doing a one stop, and then they all abandoned that. That just we'll get to that when we get to yeah. Well, Max even said in the cool down room, because somebody asked him and he said, oh, I knew with Lando, he, he was watching what was happening with Lando. And he said, I knew the one stop was not going to work. He's like, I knew it wasn't going to work. I knew that early on. So like the drivers, they knew. The other thing I thought was funny, another Javi and Charles radio message was, I think around like lap 45, Javi comes on and he's like, so do you want to try plan C or stay with plan D? And Charles was not happy. He basically was like, it's too late. Why are you asking me this? Like, it's it's too late. I don't know if plan C was like, do a two stop. It's too late to do a two stop. You stop now with what, five, five laps or whatever, or 10 laps left. You're not getting back in to the point. You're, you're just not. So, I mean, again. Ferrari and the strategy. Ferrari messing up Charles' race. <laughs> like, come on. 
That was insane. And, yeah, I, and then when, when Carlos did go by and his Ray radio, they're like, you know, telling him he should like go for it. And he's like, yeah, thank you. It was almost like, duh. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> even, even Carlos, he was the one who said, it looks like Lando's slow, no? And the guy, and you know, his and like, yeah, he's he's much, you know, we're X whatever faster than he is. And he's like, well, let's go. Let's go. And his, yeah, let's let's go. And then finally he's like, oh yeah, push. I'm like, could you be a little more motivated about that and excited? And instead of right? him asking, why aren't you going? Oh, the pace, you need to push, push, push. Like, yeah. I mean, again, seconds with just that conversation. Yes, exactly. And like you just said, why does Carlos have to be his own strategist again? Why are you <laughs> not saying we are X faster than Lando right now? If you push now, Lando ended up speeding up and, you know, Carlos couldn't catch him anyways. But like, why, why does he have to say, is Lando slow? Lando looks slow to me. And, no, am I right? <laughs> that, no, you should be telling him. Oh my God, be proactive, Ferrari. Um, I do think that Charles was pretty calm. I maybe he's just used to it, but the guy went from pole to P6 and then he was disqualified. Like, <laughs> could you imagine? Like, just when you think like Charles has no hope, he sinks further. Like, I don't know how the dude does it. And I hope he has a mental health coach or somebody on his staff because. Holy cow. Ridiculous. This yeah. has been so hard for him. Like, again, does somebody on the team secretly hate him and they just tell him he's the number one driver and then they do everything they can to, like, <laughs> like gaslight him? Like, for real. No, you're number one. Okay, mess with his strategy because we're not going to let him, like, we're just going to make him think that he's not. We're just going to make it think that he's not. So, Ah, uh, poor. I mean, happy for Carlos ended up on the podium. Good job, Carlos, for getting up into fourth. Gutted for Charles. Starting yeah. on pole and you finish sixth and then you're disqualified. Like, just awful. So, just awful. so, so sad. Let's talk about your team. Aston Martin. Well, I mean, you know, stroll is a stroll. But Fernando, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I know. But it's just, I, I don't know. I'm just not... <laughs> I'm not excited by him too much, but yeah, he did all right. Yeah, <laughs> I he point finally, which is nice. I mean, after the the cues helped him out there. Yeah, yeah, um, he did finish ninth, so true. that was kind of good. He's and then he even ended up P seven. Yeah, that's true. But so, Fernando, with the thing with him is that, and this is what I was reading too, is that um, you know they they hauled the cars out of park for me so they could make wholesale changes to the setup. Yes. So what they did, does it say like they kept Lance on their new setup? They took Fernando and put him back in the Qatar setup. They wanted to compare the two because they brought these floor changes and some changes to their to their front. And it was trash. Like we saw yeah. Fernando's out in Q1 or Q2, whatever it was yeah. um, in Quali. You know, Lance is having issue after issue. So they took, yeah, they took it out and they said. Well, fact, and the, the, the analysis is that it worked because even though he started so far back, he was, you know, he was charging forward doing well and he was fighting back very comfortable ninth was up there and then he sustained floor damage. Yeah. 
And that's what took him out. So that yeah. it ended all the hard work and it forced him to retire. And yeah. that's, and that's you, go. now he's only 12 months ahead of signs in the um, driver's yeah, championship. Well, I saw that. Um, no, he started, like you said, in the pits and he was in P7 when he had to retire. Like, that's awesome. So their car, what I think is interesting is they were on two different setups, right? The new one and then Qatar. And they both were doing well. Again, Lance finished P9. Fernando was running P7 before he had to retire. So both setups all of a sudden were doing much better. So I know that the reason they pulled them, they wanted to just get the data. They want to see, they were using it as a testing session. session and so was Haas. Haas did the same thing. They pulled their cars, put them in Park Ferme. They wanted to mess around with it. They're like, we need to see what's happening. So we move forward for 2024. We know what's yep. going on. So and they were they were all starting towards the back anyway, so might as well. You're not losing all that much. But I was impressed with the Aston Martin again starting towards the back, being up in the points. Both of them were like, and he was until I was so disappointed when it was like, oh my gosh, like he's yeah, that was that was sad. I hated to see that. I absolutely hated to see that. But I also so yesterday. Cause I always watch the pre-show. I had to laugh and I texted Claire about this because we knew that both Aston Martins were going to start from the pit, but when they opened the pit lane and the guys, they do their, their practice laps, Lance took his car to the grid. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, why are the Aston Martin pit team running, like sprinting down the grid with all their stuff, the fans and that little thing that jacks up the car, like, they're sprinting. What is going on? Then I realized that's Lance. He's supposed to be in the pits. So they had they had to start pulling down the car. They had to move it. And then they had to wheel it into the pits and all the way down the pit lane to their garage. What are you doing, Lance? Like, this is where I get frustrated with him is like, it's simple. We focus. belong in the pits. And have focus. Focus. And I know they were investigating him or they said they were investigating him because he should not have been out on the grid. He should have been in the pits. No other cars were really out there. Um, but I never heard anything. I never heard if he got a warning or whatever. But I just thought that was hysterical because I'm like, the, this is the stuff that like I get, I don't have patience for is, you know, we're starting in the pits. Why are you on the grid? Now all of our pit crew has to run out there, you know, get your car wheel it back, push it back into the pit row, pit lane, and then take it to the garage. Like, come on. That's, that is rookie 101. You know uh -huh. that. So anyways, that was my, my two cents. Let's talk Mercedes really quick. So they also had an upgrade this week. Um, they were hoping to see some time, which I think they for sure did at least from Lewis, but in the race, I don't know with the floor, but they really were wanting to see the car on track so they can like keep planning for 2024. So that's what it was. Lewis did an awesome job. Like he was getting, he passed, he passed Carlos really easy. Carlos didn't even put up a fight early on. It was not a contest. Charles, same thing, went right past him. One thing I noticed, Lewis wore his rainbow helmet the whole weekend. I love loved it. it. Love it. If you're not from America, Texas, um, has a lot of issues. <laughs> and so he wanted to show out with his rainbow helmet. Thank you, Lewis, for, for doing that. Appreciate it. Um, 
I thought they, well, I still think they did. Their team, I, strategy team, I think screwed Lewis up. Like they, he was in the lead, right? Cause cars were coming in. They thought he had at least five more laps on these tires. He was struggling. Meanwhile, they're asking George, George, do you think you have five more laps? Yeah, I'm good. Like George. Okay. Whatever. Lewis was struggling. And so they, they came on the radio and they're like, Oh, Max is in our pit window. Now Lewis is like, no S man. Like I'm struggling here. So they called him into the pits too late. Didn't matter. He came out behind Max, totally messed him up. And it was a, it was a long pit stop. I think that was his longer one where it was like 3.5 seconds or something kind of ridiculous. So, um, Lewis had a nice little battle with Lando, incredible wheel to wheel action. Absolutely loved it. Um, engineer was telling him go get Max, but he's, Lewis was like, I think it's too late. I think it's too late. There's too much space here. You guys didn't give me what I needed to really make that happen. So um, he, I think, expressed his frustration that they didn't undercut Lando at the very beginning. He definitely felt like they could have won. It probably was their best chance. But honestly, with what happened after the race, like maybe it was good he didn't win. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really, really, really awful. Really yeah. depressing to go from a win to disqualified versus very, disqualified. very. And I think it would probably take a win for him to to pass Perez for second in the driver championship because he's now thirty nine points back. He wasn't even that far back with the weekend started, so. His Perez got points, so yeah. Perez was like fifth, or who knows where he ended up after everything happened. So, yeah. By the way, they did just because I, you know, I like to Google while we go. Um, I should have <laughs> did that before we went, but they did rule on the thing with Lance. What they say? They said, uh, "I can read it all, but basically, however, having reviewed the detail of matter, although the established process was not followed, no breach of any regulation was evident. They said the scenario caused an incident which was far from ideal, but there's no, yeah, rule that yeah. was breached, so therefore, nothing. Yeah, it was it was definitely more of an inconvenience, I think, for for Aston Martin. I just think it's like, come on, like, yeah, <laughs> pay attention. Um, there, there's yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um, so for Haas, they had, we've been talking about them bringing their upgrade to Austin, right? So what they did is they flew their cars from Qatar to a um, facility in Austin. So flew it directly there. They built the new version, did whatever they need to do, which I thought was kind of cool. Like they just went straight and did what they needed to do. So it is an aerodynamic upgrade. They're changing like the whole concept. It should help with the tire wear and the consistency um, and like from the side pod and everything, it kind of looks like they took a little bit of Red Bull, a little bit of Aston Martin, kind of like yep. mixed it all together. Um, like we just talked about, same as Aston Martin, they pulled both their cars because I don't think that they were performing exactly the way they thought they might. And so they pulled their cars out of park for May, made some changes, and then they started from the pit lane. Um, I think Hulkenberg, I, I mean, he seemed like yeah, he was... 11th? Okay, I was going to say... After, after all the, you know, moves up, yeah. it would have been 13th, and K-Mag got 14th. Okay, so was he last? No, Ricardo was 15th. Oh, that's right, Ricardo. Okay. Ricardo was last. 
Yeah. So Hulkenberg was looking really good. Um, I thought like he definitely was, he was making moves. So, you know, maybe they're on the right track again for a lot of these changes. It is going to be for next year. So we'll just see what happens over the next few races. Let's talk about McLaren. Lando on the that jump right off the start. I was, I mean, I wasn't feeling well, but I still got a little bit of a squeal out of me. That was amazing. And he went in on that first turn. He was like, I'm taking control right now. Like that is it's so great to have because how many when we spent so many races where a Red Bull was the leader or it was Max, the leader of a race, and he led so much of this race, which yes. was so amazing. He did. I I think they let him down also, to be honest with you. I think, I don't know why they would put him on hards and then call him in so quickly and then put him on hards again. Like yeah, that, that I didn't understand. And then put him on, if you're going to call him in, then put him back up, put him on mediums. Like do, do something and then why so quickly? I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't understand. Like you don't yeah. either. Mm, I know. Don't, I, I, I felt the same way. Or, or just, he really, really could have been inviting Max for that. Like, I just thought that was, I just thought that was sad. If, yeah, yeah, they were, I don't know if they were trying to undercut Max, but he came out, uh, Max came out, I think from his thing, or Lando came out, I don't remember. Anyways, he got, Max got out in front of him and it was like, that was it. That well, was and it. I was watching, he was keeping, at the beginning, he was keeping a good, six seconds six to seven seconds out of him usually around six six and a half seconds and then after the pits the first pits he he was for a while keeping a good four seconds Lando was keeping four seconds ahead of max and i really in my heart believe that if he since they brought him back in if they put him on mediums he would have had just enough in that mclaren to i think keep ahead because yeah. because the max overtook him and and I and I know you know, like for like hard for hard but if he could have been on mediums I think he would have had a little bit of a chance to keep the speed up and, and stay ahead because he was Max did not pull that far ahead you know and it wasn't this major overtaking and he had, he for a while was struggling to pull away from him in fact um, yeah. well he the, had a break issue I think he was concentrating so hard yeah, like, I mean it was. 10 seconds, 10 seconds yeah. is the gap between, um, between, um, Max and, and Lando. So 10 seconds. And well, that's what was the, what was the difference between Max and Lewis? Cause Lewis was second. Two. Yeah. So two seconds, that was it. And if Lando had been able to be like, like that could have been Lando, like if they had just played their cards right. And I just feel like they didn't really do yeah. a great job, but Lando was still driver of the day which i love it because whenever he finds out he's always like that's basically a win so i just think that's adorable um it's his fourth podium in a row he moved to six in the driver's standing so he's ahead of charles now after the disqualification he's ahead of charles um yeah. and lando did say their issue was tired deg i don't i don't know could be but again why'd you put him on the hearts um and and McLaren passed Aston Martin in the constructor standings. So that race was important. And when you think about it, with Oscar retiring in um, what lap 10, or I don't even know when he retired, like 10. that was one car. That was 
that put you into that. So, well, at least, yeah, you had Saturday, but I don't think Oscar scored any points on Saturday either. So good job, Lando. I love it. Yeah, and Lando then, was only, what is it? 12 points behind Carlos. I know. He better get a move on because I think I think McLaren and Lando are gonna be they're gonna be hot. They're gonna be hot the next few races. And I, to me, that will be the biggest thing. And I was thinking about this like at our end of the year, you know, after the final to see the point difference. Cause remember we talked about McLaren before the summer break, McLaren after the summer break, like how many points they've scored and it just keeps going. Like they are definitely the fun graphic from that when we do at the yeah. end and our visual for people to follow us on, on YouTube. Cause it'll be, yeah. I okay. Let's you. get into to Red Bull. And all I've talked about is the, the complaints were just <laughs> the way he was snapping at his engineer. Oh. I know, but can you imagine though? Like he is going a thousand miles. I mean, not really, but like I exaggerate, but did you see the thing that I they posted? All do, but the thing is, is they all are driving. They all have this to deal with. They all are running into blah, blah, blah. And the job of the engineer is to give them these updates and let them know if someone's approaching on them or getting near them or what the pace is. That is the job of the engineer. And if he hadn't told him and Lewis were to overtake him, he would have been doubly as ticked off. Like, it's just snap at him. I know I'm doing with the brake is here. I know I'm doing with the brake. Shut up. No doc during the breaking. Did you see the story I posted with the yeah. wreck? Oh my God. That's so funny. There's a, there's a, who has the time to go do this is my question. That's what I said to my mom. Like, who is like, you know what? There's a great scene from Shrek where Donkey is like, his little <laughs> nose just comes out. And the timing of the, like the words is perfect. So Donkey's little nose comes out between, uh, what's her name? Princess something. Fiona. Fiona. He's sitting in between Fiona and Shrek. And they're in a carriage. And his little nose just pokes out. And he goes, 3.6 and then Shrek turns around and he but it's Max's voice and he's like don't talk to me during the breaking <laughs> who has time to figure out that there this is this would be funny it's hysterical I've saved it because I've watched it so many times and laughed so hard oh my gosh you guys won't be able to see it but go look at it. it's like F1 troll or somebody on Instagram oh my gosh it's it. so funny I'll watch so it. The funniest thing you'll see all week. It just I will watch that over and over. I have certain videos that I watch over and over, and that's going to be one of them. A hundred percent, one of them. Kimi Raikkonen has some awesome compilations of. I watch those over and over because they're hysterical. Um, Perez didn't seem to do too badly. I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 happy. I'm I'm so happy for him because I mean, as much as I, you know, like the Red Bull's got enough points and. Whatnot. I'm just. I'm kind of worried about him, but Prez is is good. He's been alright. Yeah. Yeah. If the rumors are true that if he if Lewis passed him for second, which I think that's pretty fixed now, like that's not going to happen, um, that he would lose his seat. I feel like, I mean, you still got some races you got to step it up for, but I would feel a little bit of a weight taken off of my shoulders if I were Perez. Um, so the win still possible. I mean, there's still there's four races left absolutely possible and, and the way checo has been doing and if hamilton steps it up eh, 
you never know. I, I mean, all it takes is one win, really, from Hamilton, and he's got a ton of points. Like, you never, yeah, never know. Points. If if Hamilton were to get second, what three times twice? That's thirty six. If we were to get it three times, and Perez were not to score anything, he'd be out. So I know. I think that's the hard part. Is I think Perez will score like that. Yeah. So I don't know. It's not, it's not impossible. It could happen. It could totally happen. Um, so this win yesterday at Austin has Max at 50 Grand Prix wins. So he ties with Vettel, Prost, uh, Schumacher, and Hamilton. Hamilton has 103, but Max is the second fastest driver to do this. So the only person who did it in fewer races was Schumacher. So I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Um, and on the podium, the fans were booing for Max. Booing. Was it Max? Really? I really yeah. thought it was trophy hander as well. That's what I was hoping it was. Because I think that was the governor, right? In the wheelchair? Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, that was Abbott. I thought so. That's what I was hoping they were booing at. I was like, but then after he didn't hand out the second one, I don't know. I'm really hoping it was for, for the governor and not max that's what i'm i'm going with <laughs> i i hope that the fans were not going for him but there's a lot a lot of checo fans and the checo fans are not too friendly with with max so that makes sense, yeah. it could it could happen but the other thing did you notice i think the trophies were the same as like the singapore ones or the japan ones they were the plastic that light up with the colors yeah they kind of had that kind of odd shape yeah like it was Austin, a neat why would you but... not do something? Austin needs to come up with a cool trophy. Like they play up Texas. everything else, huh? Because it's Texas. I mean, come up with a cool like you play up everything. They this year they gave them all um, custom bolo ties, and yeah, so cool. yeah, everybody had a special like one specific for them, which I thought was super cool. Um, okay, let's move on beyond the grid. So Netflix announced their Netflix Cup. It's the live golf tournament in Vegas, which has Alex Albon, Pierre Gasly, Carlos, and um, Lando. They are going to be pairing up with four PGA golfers. So Ricky Fowler, Max Homa, Justin Thomas, and Colin Morikawa. It's um, in Vegas. You better bet your life that I went right away and asked for free tickets. So keeping my fingers crossed that maybe I'll get them. Because even if I can't make it to the race, like this would be amazing. This would that be would amazing be cool. to go and watch. I I will be there. I love Ricky Fowler. I love Colin Morikawa. Obviously, I love all the, the drivers. And I think that would be a really fun thing to do. So I'm super excited. It will be shown live on Netflix, which thank God I just reinstated my Netflix. So if I don't get the free tickets, I will still be able to watch. Okay. We're on the second of three back-to-back-to-back -back -back races. Um, Mexico is this week. So the energy is ridiculous. They are always so passionate. Here's what I was telling my mom, like, because my mom lives in Mexico, but I was like, because when we were at the Diamondbacks game, there were a lot of fans and they brought their Mexico flags and everything. And so my mom was talking to the people in front of us. And I said, you know, one thing I love about the people in Mexico is they support their people. It doesn't matter if it's baseball golf, you know, F1, beauty pageants, like you are from Mexico, we are going all out for you. And so that energy, especially for Checo, it's insane. Like I absolutely I'm love excited. 
I love it. So the altitude is a big thing there. It's two kilometers above sea level, which I should have figured out for the Americans what that really is. But it makes it really <laughs> tricky for the drivers and the car setup. So especially cooling the power unit and the brakes. Like it can be, it's it's tiring. It's tiring. You have to have a special kind of car setup. Um, last year, the Red Bull setup seemed to work really well. Like it definitely like it it worked. It worked. So we'll see. I'm I'm assuming this year Red Bull has has it set up the way they want it um, to deal with that altitude. So 71 laps, two DRS zones, 4.304 kilometers. So just before the final corner, the cars enter what's like the baseball section of the track, which I love. So it's named Foro Soul. It's a portion of that track is the baseball stadium. It's been converted into a complex consisting of four corners. And you'll know it when you see it because I think it would be so much fun to sit there. Like you just see grandstands and it just looks so, I don't know. I think it's amazing. It's basically like you're entering a Coliseum. So all of them come through and it's like a giant bowl, like just fans. Like, like going into the bowl ring, right? Like, yeah, I think it's so cool. And it's loud, like it's so, so, so loud. So when they when they come out of that, they're like halfway through like the, Par I think it's a Peralta corner, I don't know what it is. And they go right down to um, start finish. So it should be another like really awesome race. And again, when you start factoring in, some of these cars have new um, setups and they have to deal with the um, altitude and everything and, and the power That's unit. And, and two kilometers would be 6,561 feet. There you go. So yeah, so, it should be it should be another exciting race. I can't wait can't wait. And my mom's, like I said, she's here. And so she's from Mexico or she, well, she's from the U S but she lives in Mexico. And, uh, so it'll be fun to watch it. I can't, I'm so excited. All the culture that they bring to last year, the mariachi doing the F1 theme. Amazing. Like really? Oh my gosh. You think they'll do that again this year? Yes. I, I hope so because people loved it. People absolutely loved it. So I hope they do. I really hope they do. It was, it was awesome. So Yay! Well, it's it's, it's going to be an odd weekend for me then because let's see, it's going to be a late night, oh. and then daylight savings time ends for me this weekend. Oh, okay. That means we're only eight hours apart after yeah. as of the race too. So the race is at nine p.m. for me on Sunday. Good. Okay, and it, yeah, so same because it's noon for me, and I think that's what it was for Austin. So yay! That's amazing. I can't wait. All right. Well, Mexico this week, and we'll be back at it next Sunday. Thanks for coming along for such a ride, but it was a fun one. It's a crazy week. Crazy weekend. See you guys next week. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.